Happy Monday and happy Pride. This is part two of my two-part series on being better allies for LGBTQIA plus folks. Today's episode is focusing on pronouns and different ways to be better allies. And if you missed last week's episode, I talked about the difference between sex and gender. So let's get right into it. The episode will start after a few words from our sponsors. All right, let's get healing, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by two different sponsors. They are both doggy companies, so you know that I love them. (laughs) I will, for full disclosure and transparency, as I always want to disclose that kind of stuff to you, I will earn a commission if you end up clicking through the links for either of these sponsors and making a purchase. With that being said, I, prior to getting in Instagram and getting any kind of partnership with these sponsors as well as getting my podcast with my own money I I bought these products on my own out of my pocket and I can honestly say that I like these products a lot I, I stand behind these products and that's the only reason that I'm comfortable partnering with them so first sponsor is Iron Doggy if you follow me on Instagram, that's who uh, I always show, like, the leash in my Instagram that I use on my two dogs. So, I love their hands-free leashes. You can use them for walking or running. And they're awesome for taking your dogs around. Even if you just have one dog, they have that option. But they have awesome options for two dogs as well. I have linked in the show notes, the leashes that I use for my dogs, as well as provided a general link. And if you use the code HEAL10, you get an additional 10% off. The other sponsor for today's episode is Embark. Again, this is another company that I paid for out of pocket, did the dog DNA testing kits on my dogs. And I thought it was such a cool process and I was really excited for this opportunity now to partner with them. So the results came back. It took about, mine only took about two weeks, but they general, generally come back in two to four weeks. The, they test over 350 breeds of dogs. They're the most accurate dog DNA test on the market, and they're the only canine DNA relative finder. They analyze over 200,000 genetic markers, And I've put the links for those kits in the show notes. If you use the spring 50 code on the link that I provided to the breed and health kit, that will get you $50 off. I loved finding out my dog's breeds. I thought that was so cool. So I hope you enjoy those and check out the show notes. As mentioned, I will get a commission if you click on the affiliate link and purchase through there.
Hello, hello. This is Cordelia. Again, we're getting right into this episode about how to be better LGBTQIA plus allies. If you missed last week's, check out that episode where I broke down differences between sex and gender. I'm going to start off this episode talking about two really big topics, and then I'm going to break it down into just some tips. As always, my citations, they are in the show notes. Feel free to check those out. I strongly recommend you to check out the show notes and to explore those and do some research on your own as well. So from the top of this episode, I want to go ahead and just lay... To many folks, this might be very obvious. To others, this might not be obvious. But these are pretty big in terms of being allies. I want to define two things first. Number one, misgendering. The Trevor Project, I mentioned them last week, but they're a great resource that they put out a lot of educational materials and I would definitely encourage you to check them out. They define misgendering and they say, to misgender someone means to use the wrong name, pronouns, or form of address for a person's gender. Whether misgendering happens as an innocent mistake or a malicious attempt to invalidate a person, it's deeply hurtful and can even put a person's safety at risk if they are outed as transgender in an environment that is not tolerant. They go on in the Trevor Project and talk about microaggressions. They say microaggressions are everyday comments and questions that can be hurtful or stigmatizing to marginalized people in groups. Microaggressions are subtle and the person committing the microaggression may have no idea that their comments are harmful. But an example of a microaggression that is really common and it's a common comment that transgender folks may hear is, you don't even look trans. So I wanted to start the episode off with these two big definitions, big topics to think about on the front end. Misgendering specifically goes right into what I'm talking about with pronouns. So let's talk about pronouns. First of all, as I mentioned last week, I have linked, I think it's a total of 17 different worksheets and resources to help you. And so that's, they're all free. You don't have to enter in your email address to access them. They're all on Google Drive. Just access via the show notes and it'll take you right there. I found a really great chart that has a chart of all the pronouns. And so you know, rather than read the chart to you, I'm just going to direct your attention there. What is a pronoun? So a pronoun is the way that we refer to people in place of their name or in third person. So it's how I refer to another person while I'm talking about them to somebody else. You may ask yourself, why are pronouns important? Well, when you use someone's correct pronoun, It serves to create an inclusive environment where you demonstrate that you not only care for them, but you also respect them. Similar to how you would not want to just make up a nickname for somebody and use it against their will when they don't like that nickname, 
It can be really equally upsetting and disrespectful if you refer to somebody by the incorrect pronoun. So by actively choosing to not use somebody's pronoun, that can be harassment. And it also can imply that you are in an environment where intersex, transgender, non-binary, gender non-conforming folks shouldn't exist or they aren't welcome. So some big tips about pronouns. Use they. Use singular they, them, theirs for somebody until you have the opportunity to ask them about their pronouns. It's perfectly acceptable to ask somebody what pronouns they use. So some examples are, hi, I'm Cordelia. I go by she, her, hers pronouns. Hi, I'm Cordelia. I go by she, her, hers pronouns. What pronouns do you use? So how would you like me to refer to you? These are all examples that show that you're trying to be inclusive and they offer a way to get the dialogue going to make sure that you are making an effort to ask this person how they would like to be referred to. And number three, if you're uncomfortable with either of those options, you can use their name. You can make an effort to just use their name until you learn their pronouns. What happens if you use the wrong pronoun? Correct yourself and apologize. An example, I am talking to a friend. I say, she is awesome. I realize, oh no, I used the wrong pronoun. I can just correct myself and apologize. She's awesome. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant they are awesome. What about if somebody else uses the wrong pronoun? Here's two options. Option one, repeat what the person said with correct pronouns. So here's how that would look. Person says, she is awesome. In response, I can say, you're right, they are awesome. So I'm repeating what they said, but I'm using the correct pronoun. Option two, be gentle and correct the person. This would look like they say, she is awesome. I say, you're right, they are awesome. By the way, just so you know, they actually use they, them, theirs pronouns now. Being polite and not shaming the person who messes up, but also validating, hey, these are the correct pronouns in, in this environment when you're around me. These are the pronouns we're going to use. As we move through this conversation and shift gears a little, the next thing I want you to do is clear your space and just think silently to yourself through these questions I'm going to ask you. Again, I've linked the worksheet and it's created by Safe Space. And that is where I got these questions from. So that's in the show notes. But it's really important for us to think about our own biases that we're bringing to the table. If you want to be a better ally, if you want to become a better ally for LGBTQIA plus folks, 
You have to own your biases and you've got to unpack them. We have to figure out what we've internalized. Here are some of the questions. Again, you can pause, you can revisit later and just note, okay, I want to go back to these. Or you can pause the podcast and, and journal, talk to yourself about these questions. So number one, if somebody were to come out to you as LGBTQIA+, what would your first thought be? Number two, how would you feel if your child came out to you as LGBTQIA+. How would you feel if your mother, father, or sibling came out to you as LGBTQIA+. Number three, would you go to a physician whom you thought was LGBTQIA+. And let's make that a little broader. Would you go to a lawyer that was, an accountant, a therapist, Use any business or service, insert that there. Number four, have you ever been to a LGBTQIA plus social event, march, or worship service? Why or why not? Number five, name three historical figures who were lesbian, gay, bisexual, Number six, name three historical figures who were transgender. Number seven, name three historical figures who were non-binary. Number eight, have you ever laughed or made a joke at the expense of LGBTQIA plus folks? Next, have you ever stood up for an LGBTQIA plus person that was being harassed? Why or why not? And if you've ever witnessed an LGBTQIA plus person being made fun of, harassed in any way, did you know them? What was going on? What was your involvement? Last. If you don't identify as LGBTQIA+, how would you feel if people thought that you were? Those are really interesting and tough questions. And I think if you're honest with yourself, just asking yourself those questions are going to really make you figure out some of your own biases and some of your own message that, messages that you've internalized as you move forward. Next, I wanted to go through a few statistics, specifically pertaining to LGBTQIA plus youth, because I think it's really important that I especially highlight some youth stats here as people out there who are parents, who are educators, who are physicians and teachers, I really want to empower some folks that are listening with some really important stats to realize how important it is that you take this podcast episode to heart. 
So here's some statistics, again, all linked in the show notes. You don't have to trust my word for it. Just follow the links, do your own research. Here are the statistics. So number one, LGBTQ youth are 120% more likely to experience homelessness than non-LGBTQ people or youth. So it's estimated that about 7% of youth in the United States are LGBTQ and 40% of youth experiencing homelessness in the U.S. are LGBTQ. That is astounding. 4 in 10 LGBTQ plus youth, 42%, say the community in which they live is not accepting of LGBTQ plus people. LGBTQ plus youth are twice as likely as peers to say they have been physically assaulted, kicked, or shoved at school. 26% of LGBTQ plus youth say their biggest problems are not feeling accepted by their family trouble at school, bullying, and fear to being out and open and being themselves. Compare that to 22% of non-LGBTQ plus youth say their biggest problems are trouble with class, exams, and grades. 73% of LGBTQ plus youth say they were more honest about themselves online than in the real world. And 68% of LGBTQ plus youth say they hear negative messages about being LGBTQ plus from elected leaders. I think these statistics, again, are so important to know because especially for people who are listening to my podcast that are in the generation now where you are a parent, where you are a grandparent, where you are an adult that's a professional in the world and you're helping any sort of population, it's really important that you do your part to make humankind a little better, to make people feel more supported, to make these statistics change. So what are some things we can do outside of the pronouns? that I mentioned. (laughs) So number one, we can take it upon ourselves. We can make a pact with ourselves to make no assumptions. Don't assume somebody's sexual orientation, somebody's gender identity. Don't assume somebody is heterosexual. Show that you understand that hey, I don't think that you're supposed to be any one way. I'm not presuming anything. I'm not assuming anything. And don't assume that everyone you meet is heterosexual and, you know, exactly how you've been trained to see people by their appearances. Work on undoing that. It's hard, especially the longer that you've been around and 
the longer that society has had time to ingrain messages in your mind about how you're supposed to perceive certain people. But if you're making a conscious effort, you can change these things. Our brain is able to change and adapt and develop new ways of thinking. Number two. Okay, so you're not going to assume. But you also need to do this. Make a pact with yourself that you're not going to put one way of living as superior to others. So by that I mean, not only are you not presuming that somebody falls into a certain category based on their appearance, you're also not acting like your lifestyle choice, for example, you being heterosexual does not make you a better person than somebody who is pansexual, bisexual, whatever sexuality, asexual. Sexuality is not a virtue. You being heterosexual doesn't make you a better person than somebody else. Same with cisgender. If you were born and your gender identity aligns with the sex you were assigned at birth, that doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you superior than somebody who was born and their gender identity turned out to be different and they turned out to be transgender. Number three, don't tolerate any language that attacks people of the LGBTQIA plus community and respond to anti-LGBTQIA plus behavior. This means refusing to tolerate any of that, any comments, any attitudes, remarks, jokes, making a conscious effort to not participate in that. You're not going to laugh at the expense of that community. It's not funny and you're not going to tolerate it. Next, don't assume what path that a transgender person chooses. And I'm talking about like surgery hormones. And don't, again, don't put superiority on one path over the other. That's their choice. And it doesn't make that person any more or less transgender regarding which route they choose to take. Use inclusive language. So this not only includes the pronoun discussion that I had at the beginning of this episode, but also inclusive in terms of if you ask somebody who they're dating, like, Who's your partner instead of who's your boyfriend, who's your girlfriend? You're avoiding gendered language. If you're in a leadership position, make a conscious effort to do training seminars, cover topics and issues, programming, professional development, things like that around LGBTQIA+ folks and topics. Additionally, if you're a teacher, incorporate that into curriculum. So 
think of those questions that I asked earlier. If you are unable to think of historical figures that fit into those categories that I asked, that might be a really good prompt and head in your something to keep in your mind if you're a teacher down the road to be like, okay, I, I don't want somebody else to have that come up when they're listening to this and they're 30 something. So I'm going to make an effort to teach my students this. Or if you're a parent, that might be something you decide, hey, I'm going to talk to my kids about this so they know some other figures and they know more about the history. This is a really big one. And, you know, one of the questions I asked earlier was, how would you feel if somebody assumed that you were LGBTQIA plus and you're not? And I thought a lot about this. And so I wanted to put this in here to be sure I incorporated it and to talk about this. If somebody jumps to the conclusion, so for example, I'm doing these podcast episodes, I've done posts about this stuff before. If people jump to the conclusion that I am LGBTQ, I plus myself, if I fall into one of those categories because I'm talking about these topics or because I'm friends with folks like that or maybe I, I like a certain show or I'm watching or I'm reading some kind of, you know, book that has really great messages about that stuff. Or maybe you're just being affectionate towards somebody of the same gender. I think there is, and I thought about this, I think there is a urge to kind of deny it and like defend yourself. And I think it's really important for us to be better allies, to challenge ourselves, to resist seeing that assumption as an insult or is something that you even need to respond to or something that you need to deny. Challenge yourself to not just retreat into like, no, 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 I'm, I'm heterosexual though. Like I'm, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm an ally and kind of have that shell of your privilege. And I think it's really, really fascinating and really, uh, if nothing else, I think this is really important to do. So, you know, I haven't had it happen, but if somebody is like, oh, you've been doing all these messages, you've been doing all these episodes, are you part of that community? Are you lesbian are you bisexual making a conscious effort to not even address it is really important to just not even entertain it like it's not an insult it's not something that needs to be discussed and you don't need to you it's almost like elevating heterosexuality by acknowledging it because you're propping yourself up and you're saying, I'm an ally, blah, blah, blah. But then the second that somebody lumps you into the group, you're like, no, 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 but I'm heterosexual. So I think it is really interesting to instead kind of flip that on its head and just stay silent about it. Next, listen. So listen 
don't spend all your time saying you're an ally and then when the time comes for these folks to speak not listen to them let them navigate how the discussions go and the relationship goes and I think that's the number one rule probably of being an ally letting the actual LGBTQIA plus folks speak I put a really great guide in the worksheets, so I won't regurgitate all that, but it's it's there and it's what not to say to somebody when they come out. And it's just a great guide. It's like a one-page PDF for you to have, and especially if you're a parent or a student, but really anybody should take a look and read that. Next, get uncomfortable. So you might be told that you're doing something wrong or that you are harming the community in some way. And I think it's important to get uncomfortable and recognize, hey, that's part of the work of trying to be a better ally. And this kind of goes hand in hand, but hold yourself accountable. These biases that I challenge you to think about at the beginning of the episode, episode they're there. And so holding yourself accountable, recognizing when you make a mistake, and try to do better. Try to unlearn some of these assumptions and biases that you have. And last point that I wanted to make is offer financial support. I linked this in the show notes, but a 2016 survey from Prudential Financial finds that LGBTQ respondents experience an income income gap linked to both gender identity and sexual orientation. With men making more than women, but gay men and lesbians receiving on average less than their straight counterparts. With income disparity at play, these folks need help just to make ends meet. Whether that's supporting a marginalized person's crowdfund to move out from an unhealthy housing situation or donating money to an activist group, money can really make or break these situations. So if you are financially able, I think it is really important to think about that in terms of being a better ally. Thank you so much for sitting through this episode as well as last week's episode I know that, as I mentioned last week, a lot of these topics might be hard for you to sit with if these are opposite and opposing messages to what you've heard from your family of origin and from society. I really, really encourage you to continue exploring this, to continue challenging yourself. To all of my LGBTQIA folks, I love you all. I support you. Happy Pride. I hope that you have gotten to celebrate just a little bit this month. And, you know, I truly do hope to do that we can all do better by the LGBTQIA plus community, by our LGBTQIA plus folks. And I hope that we can be better allies for you all. Much love. I hope you guys have an amazing week and I'll see you next week.
If you like my content and my podcast, my name is Cordelia. I make similar content on Instagram. Instagram is at codependent recovery. You can find me there in the show notes. There's links to lots of different things. Check that out as well. And um, new episode drops every single Monday. I'll see you next week.